Section 19 of the Battle of the Books. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Battle of the Books and Other Short Pieces by Jonathan Swift. Section 19. The Beast's Confession, 1732. When beasts could speak, the learned say, they still can do so every day. It seems they had religion then, as much as now we find in men. It happened when a plague broke out, which therefore made them more devout. The king of brutes, to make it plain, of quadrupeds I only mean, by a proclamation gave command that every subject in the land should to the priest confess their sins. And thus the pious wolf begins, Good father, I must own with shame that often I have been to blame. I must confess, on Friday last, Wretch that I was, I broke my fast. But I defy the beset tongue To prove I did my neighbor wrong, Or ever went to seek my food, By rapine, theft, or thirst of blood. The ass approaching next confessed That in his heart he loved a jest. A wag he was, he needs must own, and could not let a dunce alone. Sometimes his friend he would not spare, and might perhaps be too severe. But yet the worst that could be said, he was a wit both born and bred. And if it be a sin or shame, nature alone must bear the blame. When fault he hath, is sorry forth. His ears are half a foot too short, which could he to the standard bring, He'd show his face before the king. Then, for his voice, there's none disputes, That he's the nightingale of brutes. The swine, with contrite heart aloud, His shape and beauty made him proud. In diet was perhaps too nice, But gluttony was ne'er his vice. In every turn of life content, And meekly took what fortune sent. Inquire through all the parish round, a better neighbor ne'er was found. His vigilance might seem displease. Tis true he hated sloth like peas. The mimic ape began his chatter. How evil tongues his life bespatter. Much of the constrained world complained. Who said his gravity was feigned. Indeed, the strictness of his morals engaged him in a hundred quarrels. He saw and he was grieved to see it. His zeal was sometimes indiscreet. He found his virtues too severe, for our corrupted times to bear. Yet such a lewd, licentious age might well excuse a stoic's rage. The goat advanced with decent pace, and first excused his youthful face. Forgiveness begged that he appeared, t'was nature's fault, without a beard. Tis true, he was not much inclined to fondness for the female kind, not, as his enemies object, from chance or natural defect, not by his frigid constitution, but through a pious resolution. For he had made a holy vow of chastity as monks do now, which he resolved to keep for ever hence, as strictly, too, as doth his reverence. A footnote the priest his confessor, and a footnote. Apply the tale, and you shall find, 
how just it suits with humankind some faults we own but can you guess why virtues carried to excess wherewith our vanity endows us though neither foe nor friend allows us the lawyer swears you may rely on it he never squeezed a needy client and this he makes his constant rule for which his brethren call him fool his conscience always was so nice he freely gave the poor advice by which he lost he may affirm a hundred fees last easter term while others of the learned robe would break the patience of a job no pleader at the bar could match his diligence and quick dispatch near kept a cause he well may boast above a term or two at most the cringing knave who seeks a place without success thus tells his case why should he longer mince the matter he failed because he could not flatter he had not learned to turn his coat nor for a party give his vote his crime he quickly understood too zealous for the nation's good he found the ministers resent it yet could not for his heart repent it the chaplain vows he cannot fawn though it would raise him to the lawn he passed his hours among his books you find it in his meagre looks he might if he were worldly wise preferment get and spare his eyes but owned he had a stubborn spirit that made him trust alone in merit would rise by merit to promotion alas a mere chimeric notion the doctor if you will believe him confessed a sin and god forgive him called up at midnight ran to save a blind old beggar from the grave but see how satan spreads his snares he quite forgot to say his prayers he cannot help it for his heart sometimes to act the parson's part quotes from the bible many a sentence that moves his patience to repentance and when his medicines do no good supports their minds with heavenly food at which however well intended he hears the clergy are offended and grown so bold behind his back to call him hypocrite and quack in his own church he keeps a seat says grace before and after meat and calls without affecting airs his household twice a day to prayers he shuns apothecaries shops and hates to cram the sick with slops he scorns to make his heart a trade nor bribes my lady's favorite maid old nurse-keepers would never hire to recommend him to the squire which others whom he will not name have often practised to their shame the statesman tells you with a sneer whose fault is to be too sincere and having no sinister ends is apt to disoblige his friends the nation's good his master's glory without regard to whig or tory were all the schemes he had in view yet he was seconded by few though some had spread a thousand lies twas he defeated the excise twas known though he had borne aspersion that standing troops were his aversion his practice was in every station 
to serve the king and please the nation though hard to find in every case the fittest man to fill a place his promises he ne'er forgot but took memorials on the spot his enemies for want of charity said he affected popularity tis true the people understood that all he did was for their good their kind affections he has tried no love is lost on either side he came to court with fortune clear which now he runs out every year must at the rate that he goes on inevitably be undone oh if his master would please to give him but a writ of ease would grant him license to retire as it hath long been his desire by fair accounts it would be found he's poorer by ten thousand pound he owns and hopes it is no sin he ne'er was partial to his kin he thought it base for men in stations to crowd the court with their relations his country was his dearest mother and every virtuous man his brother through modesty or awkward shame for which he owns himself to blame he found the wisest men he could without respect to friends or blood nor never acts on private views when he hath liberty to choose the sharper swore he hated play except to pass an hour away and well he might for to his cost by want of skill he always lost he heard there was a club of cheats who had contrived a thousand feats could change the stock or cog a die and thus deceive the sharpest eye no wonder how his fortune sunk his brother's fleece him when he's drunk i own the moral not exact besides the tale is false in fact and so absurd that could i raise up from fields elison fabling aesop i would accuse him to his face for libeling the four-foot race creatures of every kind but ours well comprehend their natural powers while we whom reason ought to sway mistake talents every day the ass was never known so stupid to act the part of tray or cupid nor leans upon his master's lap there to be stroked and fed up with pap as aesop would the world persuade he better understands his trade nor comes when e'er his lady whistles but carries loads and feeds on thistles our author's meaning i presume is a creature bipes et implumis wherein the moralist designed a compliment on humankind for here he owns that now and then beasts may degenerate into men end of section nineteen read by elijah fisher